Live from the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. It's high noon in Vegas on a Monday. Welcome to Wager Talk. Teddy Covers at Teddy underscore score covers on Twitter. Joined by Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV on Twitter. And we have a loaded show for you today. Welcome to all the viewers on the Sports Grid TV network. Welcome to the Zumo viewers on Channel 719. Welcome to all of you watching online as well. And Ralph, week one of the NFL is in the books. Let's call this segment WTF Just Happened. We'll go through everything that happened in the NFL this past Sunday. We'll take a look at the two games tonight. We'll look at the opening lines for week two of the NFL season. Today's show, NFL-centric. Tomorrow, we'll touch on college football, an extended stretch of college football. But for today, let's get right into it. From a total standpoint, well, Thursday night, we saw about the most sluggish game you'll ever see for an NFL opener. A 10-3 to final state under the total. That was not the case on Sunday. Overs ruled the day 8-5 and five to the over after that Thursday snooze fest. Well, we saw a lot of good teams put on a lot of good performances. And we saw a lot of bad teams really clunk it up. But as you said... Uh, points to the over, even with the inflated totals. I mean, we're seeing totals higher in week one than we have over the past decade, multiple games with totals of 50 or more. And again, still lean to the over week one. Sure. And over only one piece of the equation for week one. The other piece of the equation that was even bigger than the over were the road teams. Didn't matter if they were favorites, they were underdogs. Home field advantage, not what it's cracked up to be in the league. We saw the Cowboys cover. We saw the Patriots cover late. Prior to those two, the road teams had been 10-2 and two ATS. So close out the week, heading into Monday Night Football with the road teams 10-4 and four against a number. Is this a home field doesn't matter week one? Or is it just randomness, Ralph? What do you think? I believe it's just randomness. But let's not forget, I mean... The home field advantage in the NFL is still is still only a handful of points, you know, besides KC, besides maybe Minnesota and Seattle. Well, Seattle one didn't cover Minnesota one and covered uh, KC wasn't at home. So, you know, we'll see tonight. The Saints also a very strong home field. Uh, we'll see what happens later this evening. Although from a point spread perspective, the Saints haven't been great at ATS at home. And one thing. You hear it from the people that don't bet on sports for a living a lot. You know, oh, well, they're at home, so they should. Oh, they're at home. Oh, well, it's a road game. So <laughs> from a betting perspective, I personally think that can get you in a lot of trouble. I'm not worried about whether teams home road unless they stink at home or stink on the road, which in a new season, you're not sure that's going to be the case. Bottom line, road teams ruled in the NFL in week one. That wasn't the only thing that ruled, Ralph. Your divisional dogs angle paid enormous dividends for anyone that watched the show last week. Three and one cashed at a 75% clip with those division dogs, thanks in large part to Buffalo's miraculous comeback against the New York football Jets. Yeah, again, it's been a solid system. It was 17 to four and one against the spread going in. The Broncos were another team that fit that mold earlier. Obviously, they now shifted the favorite, so they won't be part of that record. So uh, just something for our viewers, 
put in their repertoire next week, week one, division road dogs, now a solid 20 and five against the spread. Sure, sure. We say that, put that, file that away for the 2020. Of course, we're still here on Sports Grid. You can hear it right here in 2020, but we'll worry about that down the road. Let's go through these games one at a time. I know that there's a fair bit of commentary on a Monday. We're all going to play Monday morning quarterback. But the thought here is, where are the markets overreacting? Where are the underreacting? We'll talk uh, the openers for week three a little bit later in the show. But let's start with the first game on the betting slate for yesterday. That was Atlanta and Minnesota. Mike Zimmer once again gets the money as a home favorite. He's been great in that role. And Minnesota did exactly what they want to do. They said, we're going to be balanced this year. They weren't balanced. They were able to run the football so effectively that Kirk Cousins only threw 11 passes all day. Minnesota good or Atlanta bad? Ralph, what's your take? Well, the the difference in the game is plus three turnovers. If you're Minnesota, you only had 269 yards. You only had 18 first downs. You didn't need to do anything because you were plus three on the turnover edge. You talk about Zimmer as a home favorite. Zimmer now 22 six and three against the spread as a home favorite. He's covered 79% of his games in that role. Compare it to the next best coach or compare it to a coach who has a solid home favorite record. Bill Belichick only 31 and 14, 69% against the spread as a home favorite. Yeah, only 69% ATS. That's a pretty good track record for Mr. Belichick, but not as good as Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. So. If you watched the first 20 minutes or so of the Eagles-Redskins game, it was a blowout. A blowout for Washington. And then, if you watch the next 50, uh, sorry, 35 minutes or so, it was a blowout every bit. <laughs> As big, if not bigger. The Eagles outscored them 32-3. to Deshaun Jackson got loose deep. And then, when all said and done, it was the Redskins with the final score of the game to get in through the back door, and to save the books on a day where both the wise guys and the public had pretty good days. If Philly would have won and covered two, it would have been a disaster for the books when it came to parlays. Well, the, the, telling, the telling stat for me in this game is the third down conversions. Washington got a few big plays early, and yes, they scored late for the back door, but they were 5 of 13 on third down. The Eagles, very efficient, 11 of 17. Uh, Think about that stat moving forward as both of these teams, I think, uh, don't overreact to Washington's cover week one. No, I am concerned about Philadelphia's defense, though. I mean, the Redskins, Case Keenum's not supposed to look like that on opening day against Philadelphia, and... He did, which, you know, there were some concerns about Philly's secondary coming into that ballgame. Those concerns magnified off the Redskins cover, even though Philadelphia got the win. We've got so much more to talk about here on an NFL Monday. Lots to recap, lots to look ahead, and heck, we'll talk two games tonight. We're going to have fun right here. Stick around here on Wager Talk. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to Patriot Talk Mini Covers and Ralph Michaels on a Monday. We're breaking down everything that happened in the NFL yesterday. We'll get you ready for Monday Night Football tonight, and we'll take a look at the opening lines for Week 2 of the NFL season. They've already been posted here in Vegas, as well as all around the country and all around the world. Now that we're talking about a true national and international betting marketplace, it's not just Vegas anymore, Ralph. We're just talking about the Eagles and the Redskins. Let's talk about another divisional matchup that went back and forth. That was the Bills and the Jets. Buffalo stunk it up pretty bad on offense in the first half. Four first-half turnovers. They didn't score a point. But the defense kept them in the game. Despite the four first-half turnovers, that resulted in only six Jets points. And Buffalo, when it mattered most, the last three possessions, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, they got the win after Adam Gase's squad came up very short. Jamal Adams, quote, it felt like our energy just died, man. The Jets missing extra points, missing field goals, and falling apart in the fourth quarter. Sounds like a typical New York Jets performance, Ralph. Well, I think what I learned the most is the Bills' defense is still legit. The Jets totaled just 223 yards. One of those touchdowns they scored was a defensive touchdown. Hey, and the Jets are just being the Jets. NFL teams that are plus three turnovers on the day like the Jets were since 2014 have gone 126-14-2 against the spread. That's a 90% mark. The Jets couldn't cover in that role yesterday. Yeah, the Jets were in that 10% of teams that do not cover with a plus three turnover margin. I, too, gave five. I raised Buffalo a good notch in my power ratings. I was impressed with that defensive showing against the Jets team that they got playmakers. So this is one we really got to spend a few minutes with because the question is, Baltimore good or Miami bad? The reports after the game were that every veteran on the Dolphins was calling their agent saying, get me out of town, get me out of town, we're gone. You know, they know what what it was going to be in Miami this year. And week one was everything that you thought it was going to be in that regard. And the Ravens came out of the gate red, just like last year when they opened against Buffalo. We talked about that 47-3, Harbaugh has his team ready. This time it was 59-10. to Baltimore good or Miami bad? Oh, Miami, very, 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 very bad. You know, trading Tunsil, their best player, to Houston a couple weeks ago was really the onset. This is the tank for Tua. Uh, wanting a quarterback, uh, I I just think that this you're going to get a huge overreaction to Baltimore, and I'm going to throw out a stat here for our viewers: Baltimore, Tennessee, and New England all covered by 18 points since 2010. Teams that covered by 18 points week one have gone four and 16 against the spread. That's only 20 percent. So. The angle says you bet against the Ravens, the Titans, and the Patriots this week. Those won't be public fades. Uh, That being said, the math 
And the long-term angle clearly shows the teams off a blowout week one win are overvalued moving forward. I'm with you. I thought Miami was a complete no-show. And while Baltimore is going to get credit for that win, has a lot. If you're asking where do I assign the credit versus blame, it's mostly on the blame side of the equation. The Dolphins did not show up. And from all indications, it's likely to get worse before it gets better. When we talk about Tampa Bay <laughs> and the Bucks and the 49ers, Jimmy G threw a pick six in the first half. San Fran went to the break trailing. Well, they came out and played good football after the break. And then it was Jameis Winston who threw not one but two pick sixes, three defensive scores in one game, and it still stayed under the to- total, Ralph. How often does that happen in the NFL? Not very. Well, how many NFL games do we have where there's a total of 560 yards? Tampa Bay had 295 yards. San Francisco had 256 yards. The things that surprised me from both of these quarterbacks were the dink and dunk methods. Jameis Winston, 5.4 yards per attempt. Garoppolo, 6.1 yards per attempt. I thought Winston was going to have a breakout season under Arians. I still expect them to turn around, but it was a shocking week one game for me watching Jameis Winston. It's worth noting that Tampa was able to run the football in the four, you know, throughout throughout that ballgame, they ran the football. But Winston's mistakes really cost them. They cost them most down the stretch. And the San Francisco 49ers defense that intercepted only two passes all year last year had two pick sixes yesterday as part of their three interceptions against. Tampa Bay. So Kansas City scored in their first seven possessions against the Jaguars defense, but they lose Tyreek Hill. Meanwhile, Jacksonville lost their starting quarterback in Nick Foles, their big free agent signing their season. Now it's the mustache man, mustache, Gardner Minshew, the Jags starting quarterbacks. Fournette fumbled for the first time yesterday. Miles Jack went crazy for the, well, not for the first time, but KC with a pretty dominant offensive showing, despite the fact that they lost their leading receiver, Sammy Watkins, certainly took over for Tyreek Hill's production. Yeah, I mean, Watkins targeted 11 times, nine catches for 198 yards. Uh, I'll tell you what, even though Jacksonville was trailing Kansas City, I mean, you have to give Minshew a lot of credit. 22 of 25, 275 yards. That's 11.0 yards per attempt. So, hey, yes, he was thrown in the spot. Yes, the team wasn't familiar with him. The Chiefs defense was. No, the Chiefs defense isn't good. But again, hats off to, to in my mind, to Gardner, Minsh- Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know, Fournette had 5.1 yards per carry, but he only ran the ball 13 times, again, being down like they were. Uh, Mahomes is pretty good. The KC's offense is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. No doubt about that. They certainly were good yesterday. And for all that, Jacksonville defense is going to make a lot of noise this year. That Jacksonville defense looked a lot like it did last year, underachieving. Todd Gurley dominated the fourth quarter. He was a non-factor for three, and then all of a sudden, the Rams started feeding him, and he ate. Meanwhile, Carolina, well, Cam Newton said he was a little rusty, and him and his teammates weren't connected to the same Wi-Fi. Final score says Rams win by three. Didn't feel that close during the game. L.A. was the better of the two teams. It didn't, and, you know, we talked about 
quarterbacks not playing in the preseason. Well, you got to remember, Newton was banged up and recovering from an injury. So I, while while they may have wanted to play him, he, he didn't play the game. Uh, again, threw the ball 38 times, only 6.3 yards per attempt. And, and golf, I mean, golf wasn't anything particular, but when you can rush the ball for 160 yards and your team rushes for 5.2 yards per carry, you're going to win almost every game in the NFL. Sure. And concerns about Carolina's rush defense. Speaking of rush defense, well, defense in general, let's talk the late games real quick because we had the Lions laying points on the road. That turned out to be not a profitable result. Kyler Murray with an impressive comeback after three quarters of complete ineptitude. Very nice comeback. Nice to see him make some of those throws. Of course, the Lions on the OC calling the timeout cost him the game. Oops. The Bengals bungled away the win. The Seahawks never threatened to cover. Since he outgained them by 200 yards, since he was the better team yesterday, they did not come away with the W straight up. They did cover against the spread wire to wire. Andy Dalton looked like a completely different quarterback. I'm excited to see what he does moving forward with the new coaching staff. Phillip Rivers threw an end zone pick. It had huge consequences because on the next drive, was overtime. They got in the end zone again, but no extra point in overtime. That means the game essentially landed in the middle, closed as low as five and a half at some spots, was sitting at six and a half all summer. You know, we saw this line jump when Andrew Luck was uh, announced his retirement. And yeah, a handful of Vegas books did get middled. So uh, we don't feel bad when the Vegas books get middled. Actually, it's a nice thing to do. Indy's, Indy impressed me. Brissett played well. You sure did. Dak with a perfect QB rating for the Cowboys. The Cowboys look good against the Giants. And of all the performances last night, New England against Pittsburgh on Sunday night football, that was domination, defensive domination right now. I've got the New England Patriots more than a field goal better than any other team in the NFL. It's Patriots and everybody else, according to my powering numbers. We'll be right back here on Wager Talk. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So you hear us talk nearly every day about the DailyRoto.com lineup optimizer and what a wonderful money-making tool it is. You hear Drew Dinkmeyer regularly on this network explaining how to use it and more specifically how he uses it. Well, the majority of NFL Week 1 games were played yesterday, and guess what? Drew Dinkmeyer and the DailyRoto.com lineup optimizer once again took down a DFS tournament yesterday. This time, over a hundred grand over at FanDuel. You could become the eighth person to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer, or join the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. 
If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, ACTION, for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Ralph, it's time for a little opening line report talk. For week two in the NFL, the focus is not on what the lines are. It's where they're going to go. Which sides and totals do we want to be betting now? Which ones we're going to wait and look at later in the week? Where are the lines moving already? And where are they likely to move as we move forward? So we've got 16 games to talk about it. We'll do them all in quick hitter fashions. And one thing that we're going to do for every game, Ralph, and we do this, we're not just going to give you the current point spread and total. We're going to give you the look ahead point spread and total. That's a bettable line from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. There are other people that have look ahead totals as well. We use the Westgate numbers because we're Vegas based. Uh, but the look ahead lines from last week, so we can see how much have the markets adjusted based on one game. Let's start. Carolina minus six and a half, total of 50 and a half against Tampa Bay. The look ahead here was only minus four and a half. And the Panthers got beat at home, yet the line went up. That tells us the markets don't like Tampa. Well, again, we talked about Tampa. It just uh, mind-boggling to me how bad Jameis looked uh, in, in the Bruce Arians offense. You know, and for the most part, yeah, I mean, the public overreacts. These look ahead lines are a great tool to, to see the overreactions. And there is no bigger reaction than week one to week two in the NFL. Uh, for the most part, you know, let's just say this generically. If you like the favorites, if you like the team that won and they're a favorite week two, those are the teams you want to bet earlier than later. In this case, uh, again, I think Carolina being a division game, uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying into the, the, the two-point move. Yeah, well, and there's been no move off the opener. The look ahead was four and a half, but the Panthers at six and a half is this. I do not see this line going any higher. I do think we'll see wise guys support for the Bucs at some point, but the Thursday night games, the road teams tend to struggle, and I don't think we'll see a lot of support uh, for the Bucs because of that. Some support, I don't think it gets to seven, but... I'm not saying that this line is going to crash by any stretch of the imagination. Moving on to Sunday, Tennessee opened minus three, total of 44 against Indianapolis. The look-ahead line here, only two and a half. Titans look pretty good in Cleveland. They're getting respect at the <laughs> with the line up to three. But the very first bets have come on the Colts plus the points. Indy looked pretty good, at least on offense, in L.A. on Sunday. I'm surprised this one didn't come bigger because of the way Tennessee looked. Now, uh, I think that I think this line is going to climb. I think the public is going to be on Tennessee because of week one results. Uh, but we, you know, we skipped over that Browns game in, in the earlier segment. When you have 18 penalties like the Browns had, 18 accepted penalties, uh, you're never going to win that game. The Browns basically uh, their newness, their non-familiarity. Just the the penalties were just absurd. Uh, I think if you want Tennessee, play it now at minus three. Yeah, the early money has come for the Titans. Some of the leading indicator books already have Tennessee at three, minus 120. The Buffalo Bills 
were underdogs on the look-ahead line last week uh, against the Giants. But after Buffalo rallied from the dead to beat the Jets yesterday and the Giants got pretty well annihilated by Dallas on the defensive side of the football, now the line has opened. Buffalo minus 2.5, 42.5, back-to-back games for the Bills playing in New Jersey. And you have to remember, I mean, there's actually an advantage for the Bills playing back-to-back games. You're playing uh, in the same locker room. You're playing on the same field. You're familiar with the sight lines. I make this game Buffalo minus three. Despite laying a four-point difference from last week's opener, the Bills' defense has impressed me. Eli Manning and the Giants are still Eli Manning and the Giants. <laughs> Although, Eli, the, the quotes coming out of the locker room afterwards, hey, the offense moved the football. We're happy with the offensive showing. Defensively is where the Giants really struggled uh, on Sunday. Speaking of struggling defenses, well, <laughs> Baltimore's defense didn't struggle against Miami. That was pretty dominant. The look-ahead line was Baltimore minus 9.5 against Arizona. Arizona covered yesterday. They rallied from behind a tie, and yet the line now Baltimore minus 13 against the Cardinals. Total, 43.5. What would this have line been if they made it at halftime, Teddy? Uh, 16, 17? Uh, As inept as Arizona looked, uh, I am not apt to play Baltimore. I did tweet out uh, earlier NFL teams off a tie have only been about 30% against the spread since 2010. Oh, that does not necessarily bode well for Arizona moving forward. Detroit, of course, the other team, we'll talk about them in just a few minutes. So this is the biggest point spread in week two. The New England Patriots minus 16 and a half. Well, I think those are gone now. It's 17 against Miami. Total 47. The look ahead line was minus 11. The Patriots looked really good. The Dolphins looked really bad. And they're playing each other. This is going to be a one-sided game for the books. Yeah, but I'm not going to lay 17 off a Sunday night game against Pittsburgh. Uh, to me, this is a game where I'm going to look at the under. Uh, I'm impressed with Belichick's defense. We talked about it in the preseason. Belichick calling his old plays again. He's his own D.C. They showed it against Pittsburgh. I expect Miami to get shut out, maybe score, maybe score seven points on a fluke play. Um, but again, I'm still not interested in laying 17 points in a division game. Yeah, I mean, Miami's been a house of horrors for New England over the years, including last year. Remember when Gronk was in for the Hail Mary and the Hail Mary went right over his head into the end zone and cashed my Dolphins season win bet? Thank you. <laughs> uh, but New England will certainly remember that. And again, the 16 and a halfs are gone. The 17s are getting bet up. Just looking now, my live on screen, we're talking 17 and a half starting to pop up. It's going to be difficult for the books to attract Miami money if you like New England. I bet it's sooner rather than later. Dallas, they looked great yesterday. Washington looked great for about a quarter and a half. They looked great at the end of the fourth quarter. Case Keenum with a good performance. Dallas, minus four and a half, 44. And the look ahead was Dallas, minus four and a half. So the markets have not adjusted for Cowboys and Redskins week one showings. That's a surprise to me. I mean, the Cowboys still are America's team where they tend to get some extra money in situations, you know, I think perhaps off the, uh, you know, off the division game, short week traveling. Uh, It's a situation where people aren't uh, ready to back Dallas. But to me, uh, Dallas is the team that looked much better 
than my expectations. Yeah, the Cowboys looked dominant yesterday. Um, Houston was a three-point home favorite in week two against Jacksonville in the look-ahead lines. Then Nick Foles got hurt, and it's Gardner Minshew, and now it's Gardner Minshew making his first road start. That three, forget about it. Prior to Monday Night Football, Houston minus eight and a half, minus nine, minus nine and a half against the Jags. No total on the four games involving the teams that are playing Monday Night Football this week, including this one. Again, you have Houston on a short week off a Monday night game, you know, uh, laying that. I expect the Jacksonville defense to look much better. It's another game where my early reaction uh, is to be the under. And, hey, if this is a uh, Houston as a double-digit favorite, I'm going to start looking at the Jags. Gardner Minshew looked good yesterday coming off the bench at home. Here he will be preparing as the starter on the highway. Kid has a lot of heart at Washington State, and he's got a mustache, and that's all we care about. Pittsburgh, minus 3.5, 47 against Seattle. The look-ahead line was minus 3.5. Both these teams look like garbage on Sunday, but the Seahawks were able to escape with the victory, while the Steelers, they lost by 30. Last time, Pittsburgh lost by 30 only once in Big Ben's career. They came back the next week and won by 30. Pittsburgh three and a half, 47 against the Seahawks. I think if you're betting, I think if you're betting Pittsburgh, uh, it's a situation where you want to wait. I think we're going to see some Seattle money in this game. Yeah, the early money has come uh, on Seattle for this one. San Fran is staying out east. They'll be practicing in Youngstown, Ohio this week. They're not going to try to do the Florida to San Fran and then back east to Cincinnati. And the markets respect the fact that they're staying back east and practicing in Youngstown. San Fran, minus one and a half, minus two, total of 45 at the Bengals. The look headline was Niners minus two and a half, but the Bengals looked pretty good yesterday. Uh, I up the Bengals as much as anyone in my power rating, so I'm certainly interested to see how they're going to how they're going to play this week. And let's get one more in before the break. This one everyone's going to be paying attention to on Sunday. That's Green Bay minus three forty six against the Vikings. The look ahead line, Ralph, was Green Bay minus three. I, I like the Vikings in this spot. I, I just think that uh, we, we've seen that. Minnesota is more like the Minnesota we're accustomed to with defense. Uh, Rodgers, what a start to the season. He's got to play the Bears defense and now the Vikings defense back-to-back weeks. Sure. And the threes, pretty much gone now. Green Bay already down to two and a half at most sports books here in Vegas. The market's certainly moving in that direction. We'll finish up with these opening lines and look at the two Monday night games when we come back right here on Wager Talk from the Sports Grid Television Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to Major Talk with Teddy Covers at Teddy Underscore Covers on Twitter. Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV. Of course, be sure to follow SportsGrid at SportsGrid on Twitter to get all the programming. Download that SportsGrid app. Put it in your pocket. You can get all this great content 
on demand. It's pretty good. Let's talk about the few games remaining from next Sunday slate before we get into two Monday night football games. Real quick at the openers, three lines with no totals because all three games feature someone who's playing a Monday night football. Kansas City minus nine and a half at Oakland. The look ahead line there was minus seven. The LA Rams minus three against New Orleans. The look ahead line there right where it is at LA minus three. And Denver pick them or minus one against Chicago. The look ahead line there pick them as well, Ralph. All three of these lines won't be totaled until tomorrow. And from a point spread perspective, they're likely to be affected by what we see tonight more than any other factor coming in. Well, we've seen the KC game move two and a half points because the KC Chiefs look like the KC Chiefs. Listen, my thought is this. If you think Oakland's going to be a train wreck, then you want to bet KC minus nine and a half. If you think Oakland's going to look good, I mean, whatever you like tonight, what you think Oakland's going to do is what you have to look for at that line. Uh, the Rams-New Orleans, a great game. I think that's going to stay at a field goal. I think you're going to get money on both sides. And Denver-Chicago, I just looked this up on the break. Uh, since 2015, when a team off a Thursday game like Chicago is, is playing a team off a Monday night game, the team off that Thursday game is 11-3, 79% against the spread. And in the last four years, it's happened three times week two. That Thursday opening team that played Monday night in week two, 3-0 and against the spread. That's a great little find there from Ralph's database. Appreciate that, buddy. Atlanta opens Pickham in 51 against Philadelphia. The look at line here was Pickham as well. Falcons look bad. Eagles look bad early and got a whole lot better. Well, Matt Ryan didn't look good. You expect him to look better. Uh, Philly's defense, like you mentioned, maybe some questions. Total of 51's high, but it may not be high enough. Yeah, and I'm interested to see where this line moves. I don't see an auto fade where it's going to move one direction or the other in particular. And I'm interested in this next one. Next week, Monday Night Football, just real quick, Cleveland minus 2.5-46 against the Jets. That's right where the look-ahead line was. Both teams disappointing. In week one, you think was more likely to see Browns money or Jets money between now and kickoff? Well, for those that remember, it was the Thursday night Browns against the Jets where Baker Mayfield uh, was blossomed onto the national stage. I think the Browns have more talent. I think the Browns will improve and not make 18 penalties. Yeah, well, <laughs> one would hope so. If they commit more than 18 penalties this week, all of a sudden Freddie Kitchens goes on the hot seat. There's not one, but two Monday night football games tonight. That make this first Monday night of the NFL season a special evening. Don't forget, the first one starts more than an hour earlier than a normal Monday night football kickoff. I think it's 4.15 here in Vegas, 7.15 on the East Coast. So don't get froze out at the betting window because the game already kicked off before you got down. And that game, of course, the Saints and the Texans. New Orleans minus six and a half. 52 against Houston and the betting markets, you know, the money's come towards the Texans. Is that more about Laramie Tunsil and the Houston we're going to win now? Is that more about people don't trust New Orleans out of the gate? Sean Payton week one has not been good straight up or against the spread in recent seasons to the tune of 0-5 against the number his last five tries in week one of the season. 
Yeah, 0-5 against the spread week one, and the Saints 1-4 against the spread their last five Monday night games. We all know the Houston Texans are talented. We all know that the Houston Texans' O-line was by far their biggest weakness, allowing 62 sacks last year. We all know that Larry Tunsil is going to help those numbers. But again, an O-line playing in a loud atmosphere like the Saints are going to be tonight, not being able to hear line calls, I, I'm I'm going to set the over-under as far as uh, offensive line penalties at four and see what happens. I do lean with the Saints uh, in a higher scoring game in, in the opener tonight. And, you know, before you start thinking about, oh, my goodness, look at the New Orleans, the Superdome, such a strong home field. The numbers don't show that. The numbers don't bear that out. Last year, six home games for the Saints. I'm oh, sorry, nine home games for the Saints. They were favored in all of them. They covered three. Uh, the three previous seasons, uh, I got them at 9, 10, and 1 ATS as home chalk. So it's not like New Orleans is blowing teams out every week. That being said, when that Saints offense starts clicking, there ain't nobody going to stop them. You know, and, and we saw it repeatedly last year that Philadelphia game stands up, but it's certainly not the only one. You know, they had four home games in a row mid-season where they won by double digits and just annihilated teams. And when the Saints get in that kind of a role, they can be a very a scary team. Starter for starter, New Orleans is as good as anybody in the NFL. I do have some concerns about their depth, but when you talk about Houston's weakness, and there's one and it stands out, the offensive line. You know, they've got the skill position weapons, plenty of them. You worry a little bit about the running back. I don't worry too much uh, about second-tier running backs. You like the pass rush. I like the secondary. I think Houston has a lot of things in their favor. And the fact that Indy lost Andrew Luck makes the Texans that much more dangerous because they're like, hey, this is our division. All we got to do is go take it. Um, isn't always easy and not always easy in week one. You talked about the environment in the Texas team that's making mistakes. And again, it's not like Tunsil has had a whole lot of practice time with this squad and he was going to be starting and protecting the QB's blind side, uh, which is something uh, of a concern for Watson. And Watson makes a ton of plays with his feet, does it every week, but the Texans are going to win and cover. The Texans are going to cover tonight. And he wants to make a whole lot of plays with his arm. And I love that Texans receiving core. They are loaded with downfield weapons. That being said, the Saints scored, what, 40 week one last week. They didn't, you know, last year. It was the defense that got gashed in the game, first game of the season against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks, not the offense. Um, so, for what it's worth, you're not going to catch me with an under in this ballgame. I would not surprise at all to see these two teams light up the scoreboard. The late game, and we've seen a huge reaction on this. The Denver Broncos, minus three, total of 43 against the Oaks. Should we call them the Oakland Antonios? Now nah, let's call them the Oakland Raiders. But a huge market move towards Denver based on the fact that a guy that never played a down in Oakland isn't going to play a down in Oakland. Feels like an overreaction to me, Ralph. Maybe I'm missing something, but Antonio Brown never played a down for that team. How can they adjust the market? How can the market to move four points uh, off the fact that he's not going to play this week? Explain. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you what, Antonio Brown is not worth four points, 
But I think the situation is something that is cancerous. Yes, they may be free of Antonio Brown, but these players all followed everything that's happened, the soap opera, the saga from this entire past week, heck, from the entire time Antonio Brown has been here. You know, you add that in. Hard knocks teams, the first eight weeks of the season, have only gone 15 and 32 against the spread. Hard knocks teams, when they have their home opener, have gone 4 and 12 against the spread. Uh, you know, if I thought this is too far of an overreaction, I would be on the Denver Broncos minus three, even though you have a new head coach, even though you have a retread in Flacco playing quarterback. But I don't know what to expect. So this is a situation. We'll talk about this in, you know, in our betting 101, that if you don't have an opinion, you're not going to guess the psyche of a team. It's just the game I'm not going to touch either way. I'll tell you what. Um, I think it's a positive for Oakland for this week. Maybe not forever. For this week, John Gruden gets to play the they don't respect us card. He gets to play the we're all in this together card. He gets to play you know, all those psychological ploys that coaches use to bring teams together. It's perfect right here. There's the outsider. We just got rid of him. He just left. And it's us now. It's only us. Look around the locker room. These are our guys. That can be a bet on spot. And again, there's not like he had chemistry with cars. Not like they had anything together. All he was was a distraction. With him out the door, long term doesn't help Oakland. Week one, it might. And especially we see it happen all the time in the NBA. Not as much in the NFL, but certainly the NBA where a team is expecting to face somebody and they're excited and that guy sits and then the team is like, oh, okay. Now Denver, you know, First game on Monday Night Football under a brand new head coach in Vic Fangio. First year, first time head coach. But a guy who we respect already. But you're saying Joe Flacco's going to lay a field goal now. And with the point spread now, it's not even two and a half anymore. It's three. Pretty much across the board here in Vegas. Pretty much across the board in Jersey and Pennsylvania. And anywhere else you're going to find it. You can shop and find a two and a half with juice uh, on Denver. but. It's Joe Flacco laying points in the road. Am I missing something? What am I missing here? How can they adjust like this for Antonio Brown's absence when he didn't even play a game in Oakland? You know, again, it's it's the public. It's the public where, you know, let's go back to last week's show. Let's go back to hearing sportsbook operators have never lost in September. Let's go back and talk about all these public betters who have a bankroll full of money having to play Monday night games. Their reaction is exactly what you said, Teddy. I, you know, you make a great point. This is an us against them. This is a basically like a star player being injured theory. But again, I'm not so sure it's us against them. You saw Gruden cave in and accept his apology. You said you heard Gruden uh, Gruden say he's going to start Monday night. And then you heard him do the about face. So, you know, we're going to disagree on that where you think it's a united front in the locker room. I'm not so sure that the players and the coaches are all on that same page. So, again, to me, I'm going to have to wait and see. The disrespect card, no question. You are getting at least three points worth of value because of that. And when you're getting three points worth of value, uh, you know, uh, and, and value alone will not cash your wagers. Okay. But when you're getting three points, the best of it, minimum, 
And really, it might be four. Because, again, it's not like the Raiders were working with Brown all preseason and that offense was great with them, and now they lose that. Now it's like, all right, it's us guys. You know, that distraction is gone. But my, I've got all these issues with Denver as road chunk. Joe Flacco, okay? And again, he had a decent, like a couple of decent drives in the preseason. But haven't we seen enough from Joe Flacco that he's not a quarterback we want to lay points with on the road? Joe Flacco is who he is. He's keeping the seat warm for Drew Locke while Drew Locke recovers. And if Denver's in playoff contention, he'll quarterback through the end of the season. But he's no ace. He's not an A-game guy. Do you trust Flacco tonight? And if you had to, you got to bet this game. You have to. Obviously, I like Oakland plus the three. You got to bet this game. What are you going to play, Ralph? Side or total? Oh, Again, I, I'm gonna, probably going to play the under. It seems like an obvious play, but you know w- when you lose that number one receiver and you're you're gonna you're taking a big step down. Teddy, I just did look something up while you were talking. Uh, in the first month of the season, weeks one through four, division home dogs uh, of three or less are eight and three against the spread. So again, you have to put that division and the fami- familiarity in it. Although you do have the new coach with Denver, I will, if you're making me bet this game, put a lean on the under. There you go. He leans under. I lean Oakland. Look for the Antonios. Oh, no, they're not the Antonios. They're the Raiders to get the job done against the spread against a Broncos team that uh, is getting just a tad bit overvalued in the betting markets today. When we come back, chasing on Monday Night Football. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It's the full stretch here of Wager Talk. Ralph Michaels, Teddy Covers. Let's get into Monday Night Football. And this comes down to responsible gaming. It really does. I'll call it the Monday Night Football Chasing Better Death Spiral. What else do we call it? It's happened to me. I'll bet you it happened to you, Ralph. Happened to my former business partner. Happens to lots of betters once. It's a lesson that hopefully you don't have to learn the hard way. But if you had a bad weekend, and some betters did, some betters didn't, generally a pretty good result for betters this past weekend in the NFL, certainly. But if you had a bad weekend, and now it's Monday, and you're like, well, I got to pay my guy tomorrow, or I can try a double or nothing. And if I lose the first one, I can do the second one. It'll kill you. All right. That's how you get beat and you don't get to bet on these games every week and you don't get to hang out with me and Ralph and break these downs every every day. Ralph, what words of caution? And this is caution. Don't blow your bankroll week one and definitely don't blow it by making outsized wagers on Monday night football. What's your take, Ralph? Well, it's simply this. I mean, it, it seems it seems this simple that if you don't like the game, don't bet it. But uh, it's harder than that for a lot of people. And basically what I tell people that say to me, hey, Monday night, why don't you have plays and why aren't these games? I handicapped the entire NFL card for the week, be it Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. 
if those Monday night games or game is not one of my top plays relative to the entire NFL card, including all of Sunday, I just don't have a play on the Monday night game. And it seems that simple. If, if you're in the situation where you have to win, again, more often than not, you're going to make the rash. You're going to make the rash decision. You're going to bet what the public has been doing. And uh, there's a reason we have a lot of nice hotels and sports book around here because the public is often more wrong than they are right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The big issue is, for me is not betting the game. You want to have a little action skin in the game? Sure, bet the game. But bet it small. What people do when they get their butts kicked is then they double up and double up again. And that's how you get killed on Monday Night Football. Don't do that tonight. Enjoy the game. Bet it right. And good luck. We'll see you right here tomorrow on Wager Talk, Ralph and I, on the Sports Grid TV Network.